interesting people, thought-provoking conversations, nutrition for your brain. Journey through the minds of the world's top performers and discover what it really takes to achieve your highest version. This is the Danny Miranda Podcast. The man, the myth, Bay. Oh my God, it is such an epic pleasure for me to bring you to this podcast because what I do is I consume, consume, consume. That's yeah. what. That's how I create this podcast. And when I come across somebody who is a like mind, who is able to live my ethos, I'm yeah. just like, I, I know this person and I will get along. So thank you for being here, man. It means the world to me. I mean, it's an honor, man. Uh, diving into kind of your track record and how you've gotten to where you are today. It's very, I have a lot of respect for you. You've You've accomplished a lot in just a couple of years of podcasting. You've had some incredible guests, and uh, it's just it's just it's unbelievable the way the world works, man. Um, when you just consistently kind of do the thing that you believe in yourself that you want to do. I mean, our boy Gary V preaches it all day, every day. Um, but you, it's that trusted belief of like I'm just gonna follow this path and see where things take me. And so, you know, five years ago when I got into this, almost six years ago now when I got into the podcast space, if you told me where I'd be now back then I would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll just keep doing this. But when you're really getting started, it's just that trusted belief. So all that to say, it's, it's an honor to be on the show today and, uh, really excited to be here today, man. Hell yeah. So take me back to writing down the $1 million check by 2022, (laughs) chasing your dreams. What, what was the origin Uh. for that in 2018? (laughs) I'm not going to let you live that down because we're in 2022 right uh, now. Can you cash that check? Are you going to wow. be able to cash a check by the end of the year? You know, one thing I I knew about you when I was listening to some of your episodes was this man does his research and I love people that go that length to stand out from the crowd. <laughs> so like immediately unbelievable openings. If anyone's listening, give this man a big review on his on his podcast app because he's put in the fucking work. Um yeah, so I don't, you know, the that came from a time in my life where it wasn't even about the money, right? It was just graduated college. Um, I, I'm sure like Gary V had some inspiration in me writing that check, and I think for me it was just like this internal like I need to, I need to see something that I'm working towards. And to me, it was like it wasn't even about the million dollars. It was just about can I get to a place in my life where I'm doing what I truly love. And if not, at least I'm in the pursuit of, of chasing it. So unfortunately, that million dollar check has not been cashed. Uh, it could happen. You never know. I never, I never want to downplay and say that um, you know, it, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, very much could if Spotify wants to cut me a nice podcast check and, and if they believe in me. But yeah, that was, that was just something. It was so important for me to just like visually see uh, yeah. every single day, especially like just getting into podcasting, just graduated top business school. I'm driving Uber full time. It was like, there was a lot of pressure on my shoulders and from the peers around me of like, why are you doing this? Like, why aren't you getting a job? Why are you starting this podcast? So to me, it, it was just something I needed to see every single day where it was kind of like that, that reminder that I can do this and that in time it's going to pay off. I might not see the payout today, but as long as I continue down this path, doors are going to open. Were there that many people who doubted you along the path? I wouldn't say there was, you know, I didn't have people on the sidelines like, yo, this is not going to work or like knocking me down. But I will say this, Danny, it was pretty gnarly because the business school I went to, it was called Bentley University. It was right outside of Boston. And 
to give perspective of like what this school's all about, six months after graduating, I got an email from my college saying, congrats to the class of 2016. 99% of you are enrolled in a full-time career. And I was part of the 1% that, that wasn't. So it felt like, and it was truly like just the peers around me were on a different path. And respectfully, they were going in finance and accounting routes. And I was the marketing guy that, you know, I majored in marketing. Nobody that I was hanging with was also really marketing major. So I didn't have any haters. I didn't have anybody directly saying that they doubted me. But I definitely had people sticking their nose into my stuff and like trying to understand it. And I get it. Looking back, like I get it because... The herd was going one direction and I was the lone sheep going another direction. And everyone had their had the right to question why I was doing what I was doing. But thankfully, I just believed and I just trusted that in time, this was going to work out. And the only, the only reason, I, I got to give them credit where credit is due. The only reason I ever had that ability to build the internal confidence was because, long story short, I had grown up with somebody named Dylan Reese. He's a, uh, an artist. And... Um, recording artist, and I had seen him build a career while we were in high school, and everybody was talking shit about him. And I saw the whole process of him going from making music in his basement to then touring around the country performing his music. So I saw that whole process happen before my eyes. So when I was like, I'm going to start a podcast, I go, oh, I know how this works. In the beginning, when Dylan was making music, nobody gave a shit. Everyone's questioning him. But he stays consistent. He keeps doing it. A couple years down the line, he's now touring. Everyone's like cheering him on like, yo, you're doing great. That's what's going to happen with me. So I knew the, I knew the yeah. format. I knew that nobody was going to understand it. Nobody was going to care. I knew that I was going to get some wins along the way. And then I knew at some point people were going to start showing up, knocking on my door saying, damn, man, you really did it. You really figured it out. So I had a, I had a proof of concept for music and I knew it was very similar. It was a creative endeavor. So props to Dylan Reese because that man really inspired me. Dude, it's so fascinating that you drew the comparison to music. Because mm. when I was doing this podcast, I didn't really have a comparison that I could look at. And then I started to draw and say, oh, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm really speaking. This is really music, just yeah. spoken music. And I started totally. looking for musicians like Russ and yeah. people like that where like, oh, wow, like that is a that is a similar being. And they're doing something similar that I can emulate in my own way. Yeah. So that's cool that you had that from the job. And the thing is, I'm lucky because I only had that because it was just right place, right time. He was my best friend that I grew up with. We grew up a couple yeah. blocks over. So it was just one example. But what I learned along the way, as I'm sure you have from the variety of guests you've talked to, is as I started podcasting and interviewing entrepreneurs, artists, DJs, photographers, creatives, all different types of people, I just started to realize it was a common theme, common themes and common storyline of having an idea, nobody really understands it, People are questioning your decision-making. You go full throttle. Then you start to get some wins. And then everybody's like, wow, you actually did it. There's a great meme I'll send you after this podcast where it shows somebody sitting in a stadium by themselves. And it's like nobody is there to cheer you on until like the end result or something like that. And it just goes to show you like 99% of the work is done when nobody's around, nobody's watching. But with time, that's, you know, going to build into... 30,000 people around you cheering you on to do the thing you want to do. So yeah, it's been, it's just been a, I love, I I don't, I don't jump on a lot of podcasts. I'm not getting hit up, you know, weekly or monthly to do them. But when I do, it's like, just a really reflective moment of like, I mean, you get it as a creator, you, you, you have all these things you want to do and you're just like trying to go, go, go. But if 
you took a moment today after this podcast to stop and look behind at how much growth you've had in the last three, four years of podcasting. You're like, sky's the limit. I mean, I've had, you had Gary V, you've had Nick Barry, you've had some um, incredible guests. Like, bro, yeah. you're good. Just keep going. Like you, you're going to, yeah. you're going to take this anywhere you want it to go. Yeah. That's the crazy part. It's only been a year and a half of doing this podcast wow. for me. And it's like, it, it's gone so fast and so slow at the same time. And I'm really yeah. rejoicing in this moment. But going back to you, you've had two different podcasts and yeah. I've seen you talk about, you know, rebranding and, and having a different pie. I'm curious, what was the switch that you said, I don't want to do purpose in the youth anymore. I like yeah. you built up a brand. Obviously everyone who had followed it was probably saying, keep doing that. And you then go a different route and start something brand new. Why? Yeah, like, what is the question. actual reason? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what it's, it's so interesting. Purpose in the youth was the, was the podcast graduating college, not knowing what I wanted to do. So I was like, let me understand the purpose of the youth, like the people around me in their mid twenties or early twenties. Right. And that was really a platform for me to figure out what do I want to do with my life? It was solely intended and started for me to interview young, passionate people. So I hopefully one day find the passion. Mm -hmm. So along the way of doing it, I started to find like, wow, this is my passion, doing this podcast, creating, putting out content, documenting behind the scenes. I was like, I, I actually want to do this. Like this was supposed to be just a tool for me to find my thing. And then I started realizing, like, I actually want to just do this. This is the thing. And the timing was like really interesting. I was kind of just getting burnt out on the project itself where it was very um, structured, like storyline. It was just like, bring the guest in and we would talk about like, where they grew up, high school years, college years, starting the passion project, where they are today, where they're going. And I enjoyed it while I was seeking, trying to understand. And then it got to a place where I was like, I actually know what I want to do. And as much as I know there's value in understanding these guest stories, I just, I think it was a mix of like, I wasn't seeing results that I was hoping for after three and a half years. Yeah. And so I think if looking back on it, if I was getting hundreds of thousands of downloads, I, I probably would have honestly saw the project a lot differently. I would have been like, yeah, let's just keep going. But I wasn't seeing the results. And so I was kind of getting burnt out. I was also driving Uber full time. And a great friend of mine named Zach Hanavar, at the time he was managing uh, YouTube creators, Yes Theory. I had a conversation with him and I was just like, what do I do? And he just whiteboarded my entire life. He took time out of his day to do this. We, we uh, whiteboarded all of my life, where I was with followers on Instagram and downloads and money I'm making for Uber and just seeing it all on, on a board. And from that conversation, he said, I, I have two pieces of advice. Do what you want with it. One, you need to find a way to get out of driving Uber immediately because you've done your time with them. You need to find a way to like get paid to work on a craft or skill that's going to benefit you, which I respected. And two, he said, I would just consider either rebranding the podcast or maybe like taking it from a different approach. And so after that conversation, I actually had a whole rebrand that I had prepped. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to start. It's the bearded man podcast. I was just going to rebrand the entire show. And, um, yeah, I, I, the time was crazy. I ended up uh, getting a full, man, it's, there's so much. It's crazy <laughs> thinking about it, but I ended up, um, leaving Uber full time to work for liquid IV, which was uh, a company of a founder that I had interviewed and he had offered me a full-time gig. Um, and at the time I put the, sh I put the podcast on pause. And as I was stepping away, I get this offer from liquid IV and I was like, okay, this is crazy timing. 
So the pause went from like pausing for like, I paused it for maybe six to eight months to then officially realizing like, this is not, I'm not gonna come back to this. And while I, the show was on pause, I started It's the Bearded Man as solely just a solo podcast. The first 12 episodes was just me talking about life and things that were on top of mind. And, and there was like an epiphany moment when July of 2020, I was flying back to LA from visiting family in Massachusetts. And it all just clicked of like reflecting on the last like nine months of like leaving Uber full time, putting a podcast that had become my identity on pause. So like those nine months, I felt like lost in the world. I felt like I had financial stability. It was, it flipped. I went from having purpose in the world with my voice and like a way to make the living to then I have financial security, but I have no voice. And it was, it was really interesting timing. And um, so then during the pandemic, a lot of downtime. And so all that to say, I ended up realizing, okay, great to have financial security. I need to keep creating. I'm not going to go back to purpose in the youth. I had found my voice as a creative. Let's just title it. It's the bearded man podcast. It starts as a solo podcast solely. And then literally was like the deciding factor. I'm flying back from uh, Massachusetts. I had, you know, six hours on this plane to just think about life and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to LA and I'm going to keep doing solo pods, but I'm also going to do guest pods weekly. And from that moment, two podcasts a week ever since for the last 18 plus months. And it was the right decision. It was the right decision to kind of put that show, close that chapter, start fresh, take all the learnings that I had learned and get back to the grind and just went head down. And it's just been another massive journey in and of itself. Yeah. Take me through the moment you kind of think to yourself three and a half years of doing the podcast the purpose in the youth and and you're like i'm better than what this is i feel as if i'm better than how many people are downloading it or watching or listening it how how do you navigate through that how do you take me through that moment and of like does it hurt you like how do you Mm. feel about it well, it was like a, I felt like I was putting a Band-Aid on at the time because I really, I intentionally put out a, like a whole like, not press statement, but I made it known. I'm like, hey, I'm putting the, it was, it was, I'm telling you, Danny, it was really weird timing because I'm like prepping behind the scenes like three weeks in advance of like the last podcast that's going to drop. And at the same time of like, I'm prepping this, I get the job at Liquid IV. Yeah. So it when I rolled it out, it was like from the outside looking in, it was like, oh, this makes sense. He just got a new job. He's putting the show on pause. But internally, I'm like, little do they know, I was getting ready to just like put the show on pause and keep driving Uber until I figure out the next chapter. So outside looking in, everyone thought it made the most sense. Right. Um, and in reality, when I was doing that, I still I it I really did just believe that the show is just being put on pause. So it wasn't like the doors closed. That would have that would have probably been a lot more harder for me to internalize, hmm. but at the time it it just felt like the right thing I needed to do. Yeah, and one thing I know to be true, and I've realized that a lot of times in my life is somehow, some way, when you slow down, sometimes it actually allows you to to actually grow, right? Because if you're constantly going and doing, you're so caught up on the movement and the process and the execution that you don't have time to realize like. What if I'm headed in the wrong direction, right? There's like an analogy. If a plane takes off and it's off one degree and it's leaving from Boston to LAX, it's going to end up probably in San Francisco. So I needed that time to slow down and like 
reflect on the last couple of years and, and, and really like look at myself and think about who I'd become and what I'd learned. And I didn't officially close the podcast until August of 2020. So I, I let it sit for maybe eight months until I was like, all right, we're actually officially done. So by that point, it felt right. Um, but I need to give myself that space to like, think about it before officially saying like, it would have been much harder if I just like, you know, announced, Hey, podcast is over. I'm moving on. People have been like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. But the slow burn of like, I'm putting the show on pause. And then eight months later, actually it's done. It kind of, it kind of made, it made a little bit easier for me to digest. Yeah. It's interesting because it, I think about the grieving process in general. If somebody, Mm. you know, love somebody you love dies right away suddenly that's a lot different than nine months to be with them and console them and to think about all the times you've had together and maybe that's a stark example but it's like it it almost is your baby in a way when you start a podcast and you Mm. and i i can't imagine not doing this right so it's like it really becomes a part of you so yeah that that's a really interesting thing i've never really thought about before which is giving things room to breathe before making stark decisions if you can yeah and i i don't know if the podcast i love i like the grieving one example as as dark as it might sound for people listening but it's it's a really like i know people directly friends of mine that you know what uh a good friend of mine his father just passed from cancer and they had known about it for years so it's like this thing in the back of your mind knowing this day is coming and then vice versa you get a phone call one day and you're told x person's gone it's like i don't know which is the better or which is the preferred route right um but it's, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was purpose in the youth that made me realize this, but every, every, everything you do is just a stepping stone. Yes. Right. A lot of times people are nervous to take the step because they don't know where it's going to take them. They're going to quote unquote fail or whatever. And there's a great quote from the founder of Liquid IV. His name is Brandon Cohen. Um, and we did a podcast. It would have been this time last year, March of 2020. So this was March of 2021. This would have been about five, six months after he had announced his company was getting acquired. He was stepping down as CEO. It was a massive change for him. And, and a quote that he had said, and it wasn't talking, I think we were talking in context to like when he was getting Liquid IV going, but he had said, there's no such thing as failure. It's either a winning decision or it's a learning opportunity. And somehow, some way, that's how I've always looked at these moments where, you know, outside looking in somebody might be like well you you just closed up shop after three and a half years like isn't that a failure well no look at how much i've learned look at how much i've grown like it got me to where i am today it opened all these doors and so why would i why would i look back on it and be like wow you know this was something you know I, i thought about today when i was on my run because there's so many there's so many times even five six years into the game you're just like is this the right thing I'm not making a living doing it full time just yet. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get there, but then there's that self doubt of like, is this actually ever gonna happen? Yeah. And then I have to remind myself, but look at all the wins along the way. Look at how many doors have opened. Look at how much you've learned. Look at the community people you've surrounded yourself with. So, at the end of the day, if I never make a living doing this, I'm gonna continue to do this because it's only brought in so much value and learnings into my life that I really don't feel like I have another option. Other yeah. than maybe some TikTok content, but this is like the this is the machine. This is the, I mean, you get it. You, you're you're connecting. This is the greatest networking tool of all time, and you're able to connect with some incredible people that 
you connect, you plant a seed, and then you hope that that relationship grows into something beautiful with time. Yeah. And one thing I noticed that you just did there and that you do a bunch in different interviews that I watched to research for this was you, you're very good at pulling quotes and making <laughs> wow. that the framework of how you think about and how you're outlining the rest of what you speak about. Where mm. is that something you do consciously? It, Dude, I, I really appreciate that that compliment because I honestly, and maybe that's just the internal critic of mine, I always think I'm the worst with quotes in the sense I've, I never feel like I never feel like I have enough quotes. So the fact that you say that, I'm like rattled because I, I guess it's just me stuck in my own head. I think I, I never even thought about it until now, but I think that is me trying to use people as an example because I never mm. want... And I say this very often in a lot of like the solo podcast, not so much on, on the guest pods that I do, but more so on the solo because it's just me talking. I always tell people, listen, I'm not the expert. I don't have all the answers. I'm just giving you my perspective, my learnings from my experience. You can take what you want. If it helps, great. If you don't value this, I'm sorry for wasting your time, but like I don't have all the answers. So I think subconsciously without me even realizing it, I'm constantly trying to use quotes and quotes of other people because I don't want to come off as like, I know the answers. So I'm using them as the leverage of like, hey, they're smart. They've had a lot of success. So like, that's, this is the quote they said and here's how it relates to me. So I never thought about that, but I I really appreciate the compliment. Yeah, well, I I think it's very difficult to do that on TikTok in particular where Mm. you've created such great content because you're, you're saying like, this is how I view the world or this is my morning routine. And a lot of people intrinsically viewing that might say, oh, he's telling me that this is my morning routine that I need to do. So how do you get over that in the short form content? You know, that's a great question. I try not to overthink it. Yeah, I try to just look at it as like, if you're consuming my, my TikTok feed, you have to know that I'm just presenting who I am, right? And that's probably going to be a TikTok I'm going to make after this call, after this podcast of like the, 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 the hook, I don't have all the answers. And then mm-hmm. go into like, this is just my personal experience. Take what you want. I, I'm not saying I'm right or I'm wrong, but take what you want from this or something. It's going to be like that. It's going to be inspired by you. But that's the thing is I can only present to the world from my learnings and my perspective. I'm not the expert. I never will be, but I can always just articulate on what I've learned from my experiences. So I, I really, I try not to overthink it. The TikTok stuff has been really interesting, man. Like it, it really is just in the last couple of weeks, I started to just find this lane. And I I, I think this is like, I, I keep pumping it and I'm like seeing good results and I'm seeing it grow and it's, it's opening some doors. And I feel like it's just been like the last six years have been almost preparing me for this moment because- yeah. All of these TikToks, like people don't realize I've been doing voice and audio podcasting for six years and I've been in that six years diving headfirst into self-development, wellness, well-being, mental health, every topic, dating, like the umbrella, all of it. Inner potential, any topic that falls under there in any bucket of your life, I have tried to learn it better. And so I'm just like, you know, one thing that I've always battled even recently is like people, TikTok or even podcasting, right? You want to be, some people are known as like the dating expert, the productivity expert, the minimal expert, which is great. I don't want to be put in a box because we're all 
very well-rounded individuals in the sense of like, we have different areas of our life that we're working on at any moment in time. And so I'm not going to be the guy that's just like, yeah, I'm all all productivity. It's like, no, here's some productivity. Here's some mindset. Here's some dating. Here's some working out. Here's some like how to meet new people. So this has been a really interesting learning for me of just like, oh, wow, this is all all the learnings that I've had in the last couple of years to this platform and it's built for what I'm trying to push out there. So to an- long way to answer your question, I, I, I just try to show people and I try not to tell people. And yeah. some people get really offended and some people like say thank you and it's, it's valuable to them. Yeah, I think that's the right way to approach it. What, what was your initial thought process with putting out content on TikTok? I had heard you in a previous episode or podcast talk about you know, I was kind of like another platform to learn initially. Yeah. And then I started diving into it after one of the videos really did some numbers and really drew some attention. What yeah. was the process like for you of, of diving in there? Yeah. I mean, once again, our boy Gary Vee has always preached this. And I, it's like when you're growing up and your parents tell you not to put your hand on a hot stove and you still just don't listen and you do it and it burns you, right? <laughs> Gary Vee always to this day, it preaches like you can't, you can't, you have to go to where the attention is. And for the, yeah. you know, TikTok, I was, had, I just downloaded TikTok right before the pandemic hit, so around two years ago. And I started just posting some random videos like six or seven times. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't even worry about this, whatever. And credit to my, my buddy, JT Barnett. He's a big TikToker. He puts out a lot of content in the space. He works with brands. He was drilling me for like quite some time. Like, you need to be on TikTok. You need to be on TikTok. And so, if you scroll back, I don't, in the last like month, I've pumped out a, a lot of content, probably like, I don't even want to know, like probably a hundred pieces at this point or something ridiculous. But if you scroll back far enough, you'll see that I just was like trying to figure it out. I was doing a lot of just like me talking to the camera. I was trying a lot of different things and it was, uh, it was December. So four months ago, I had a morning routine video get 4 million, it just hit 4 million views. And that was the light bulb moment of like, oh, I have the ability to be a creator on this platform. Like I should go all in on this. And so I get 4 million or I, you know, at the time I got like 3 million and it grew, you know, an extra million in the last couple of months. But then it's like, I tried to, you know, similar concepts for 12, 15 times. Some of them got attraction and then it kind of died out again. And then I neglected it. And then, you know, a month or two later, I was like, let me try this idea. A couple more ideas, boom, one video hit 500,000. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this concept for all these different ideas. And then they started to like pick up steam. So once again, it's just like my approach was like, let me just get on the platform, test and try a process that nobody wants to do. But then to the credit of like you put in the reps, you start to find things that work for you. And then that's how I kind of found like, this short snippet, B-roll, voiceover lane. And it was like, oh wait, this is like my life from what I've been working on the last five years. So just been testing and trying, just trying to find how do I stand out uh, across all these other creators. Yeah, it's it's interesting because no one, no one really thinks about, you're putting stuff out, you don't know if you can, if you actually have what it takes to... <laughs> To be at the level that you want to be at. And yeah. like, I think me and you both have huge aspirations of where we want to go. I've seen you, heard you talk about it. And it's like, you know it in your heart, 
but like you haven't seen the proof in the world that it yeah. actually could occur. Yeah. And so was TikTok for you that like, oh, I can be a huge creator moment of proof first time in the world or were there other signs? Yeah, I would say there have been a lot of signs along the way just from like guests that I was able to get on the podcast. I was like, wow, I got this guest, like add a more momentum. But I will say that TikTok from an analytical standpoint has been a game changer in like getting massive guests have been, or guests that in my mind, I was like, I want to get on the show have been the biggest fuel to the fire. But to see numbers and analytics of like actually touching hundreds of thousands of eyeballs, it's like, this is a different, different bracket of like, fuel to the fire, right? So yeah. um, I will say that it, it's just, it's it's been really amazing to see it come to life because like I said, the guests and a lot of the wins along the way have been great, but like to see an analytical result is just game changer. Like the last two yeah. weekends, being out and about in LA and having somebody come up to me and be like, yo, I follow you on TikTok. I'm just like, yo, what? It's real. This it's is real. crazy, you know? So it's just, honestly, it's just more fuel to the fire. It's it just, it's valid. It really does feel like validation, even though internally I know what I'm capable of and I know I am fucking destined to be great in this space. Yeah, It's just, these are the moments that it allows you to really step in and like realize this is, you're on the path, right? Like yeah. you're gonna get there. You just need to keep fucking going. Yeah, I remember you talking about one moment was when you were dropping a podcast episode with Charlie Rocket on the same day that I think Drama dropped yeah. it with Charlie Rocket. And that was a moment where you're like, holy smokes, I'm here. Like, I'm here. <laughs> and you were you were really proud of that. And, and, and you could feel the enjoyment in your eyes of like, wow, like that, that meant something to you at a deep level. Danny, you're good, man. You're a really good podcaster. You do your, you do your research. Um, you're a great podcaster, not good. Fantastic podcaster. That Yeah, that's a great example of a full circle moment because to see dr drama is the guy I watch on T MTV growing up, on Robin Big, on Fantasy Factory, to then I'm about to start my podcast. I see him start a podcast. I'm this little guy in Massachusetts with 50 downloads on the first episode. He's out in LA having these big time guests on his show. Fast forward three years later, I'm now dropping a guest caliber of his podcast on my podcast. It was like, and, the, and they drop on the same day. It, to me, it was just like, we're, on, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how many downloads you're getting on this episode. Like, you just dropped with the same guest as the podcast you listen to on a weekly basis. The podcast that has been your legit mental coach for the last three years, like seeing short story long podcasts drop weekly, I was like, I need to drop weekly. Like, yeah. and I knew I had to drop weekly to build a podcast uh, career, but I knew that if, if drama was showing up on a weekly basis, I need to be accountable and show up when he doesn't. And show up when he does. And the, and the weeks that he doesn't show up, I need to show up so I can mm -hmm. show like my internal self that I'm going to keep going with this. So yeah, dude, that was a, that was a massive moment, a massive like aha moment of like, man, you're on the right path, but it's, it, and I know you, and I, I would bet you know this too, especially with the caliber guests you've had is so interesting, man. Like success really is about 
I just I just did a podcast with somebody that I had podcast with five years ago. His name's Tim LaRue, and he and he said this on a previous podcast, and he said, "The journey is the destination," because very often, man, these guests, you know, they're on the top of my leaderboard of like getting them on, and then I get them on, and it's just like it's incredibly rewarding and exciting and just amazing. But you have to recognize that like once that moment's passed, you still have to keep going. Yeah, This is a, a marathon. They're just mile 3.6. You still got 23 to go. Like, yeah. so it's just, once again, I try to, I was having a conversation with, with somebody recently about this. Like, I just try to always stay very level. I'm, I was just as excited to do this podcast with you today as I was as excited to do the podcast with Lewis Howes, the man that inspired me to start podcasting because I try to look at these moments as all equal, as all positives. I don't want any singular a moment, event, opportunity to value more than another opportunity because then that's when anxiety creeps up. That's when you're not ready for it. I know you're uh, uh, a Grover fan, mindset. He talks about like, you know, he, was, he coached uh, Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like, teaching them like how to zone out when you're in a stadium of 20,000 people screaming your name or booing you. Like that's what I'm trying to get is I want to be in that headspace of like, it's always calm. It's always one. And if I can stay in that mindset, in that headspace along the journey, no matter some of these wins, even the losses, everything's good. We're just going to keep working through it. We're going to stay patient. We're going to show up and it's all going to be good. One moment where you weren't calm was when you met Gary V. You were driving Uber and unbelievable. You see him on the side of the road and how did how did you find this? And you honk your horn <laughs> and he's on a call. You take a photo with him. That wasn't a calm moment for you. That wasn't a level headed equilibrium moment. But take no. me through what your emotions were like and how yeah. how that felt. I, I'm I'm definitely much more mentally dialed now than I was then. That would have been probably uh spring of 2019 if i had a guess maybe fall of 2018 um what's funny about that moment is i was driving an uber passenger and we were talking about gary v and i pull over to the side of the road right on sunset here in la she gets out let her go have a nice day i'm looking down at my phone i look up and i see the back of him i don't know it's gary v and i see her and i'm like just making sure to keep an eye on her i was like she just got out of my uber and is she being like stocked not stocked I don't want to say stock, but I, I was making sure she was safe because I knew she was by herself. And I was like, why is, uh, uh, why is she like stopping talking to some random dude? Whatever. I see her start walking away. Still don't realize this is Gary Vee. So I like look down at my phone, looking for the next Uber ride. Like a psychopath, I wake up, or wake, I look up and there he is. Gary just standing on the side of the road waiting for his Uber 10 feet from my car. And I just like, I felt like I was looking at a God because this man has had, such a profound impact on me that I didn't even think twice. I just laid on the horn. He's on his phone texting. He looks up and I literally just go like this, like whole, I, he can't even hear me because I'm in my car, but he can read my list. I go, holy fuck. <laughs> and he knows why I'm doing this. It's like an idiot. You know, looking back, it's just so funny. And then I grab my phone, I run up. He's then getting on a call. And I was just like, yo, Gary, can I get a picture with you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was just an incredible moment. But what was really interesting is that I ended up posting that photo on my Instagram. And as a marketing strategy, I just said, yo, I just ran into Gary Vee. He said if he gets tagged 100 times on this, po- on this post, he'll do a podcast with me. And I got 100 tags within probably like 
two minutes. And so then I was like, we got to keep it going. So I just added a zero. So it was 1,000. And then it just kept rolling and rolling. And we got 3,000 tags. And I never got them on the show for it, though. <laughs> but, It'll happen eventually. You blow up yeah. on TikTok. It's like that that moment's happening for sure. Yeah. It's it's all about enjoying the ride. I mean, he always talks about never wanting to buy the Jets because, you know, it's, it's, his, it's his greatest life achievement. But he knows damn well once that day comes, it's what are you working towards? And so similarly, like I try to put effort into getting these guests or to making these opportunities happen, but I'm not emotionally attached to like, if it doesn't happen now, great. I'm going to be 10 times more prepared if it happens in a year or two years from now. Yeah. That's the the right way to approach it. You also met Kendrick Lamar on a five minute jog. <laughs> so funny. You're good, man. You know, it, as we were just talking about that Gary Vee moment, I was in my mind, like I was much more mentally dialed when I met Kendrick, but I also wasn't because I was like so pumped. But I ran into Kendrick Lamar in July of 2020. Just me and Kendrick Lamar out in the middle of Manhattan Beach and he's running at me. I'm running at him and I see him like 15 feet out. I'm like, is that Kendrick Lamar? And he got closer. I was like, yep. So I literally just like, yo, can I can I run with you? And he's like, sure. And I ran with him for like five minutes and just was like talking his ear off. Like, dude, big fan. Been following you since 2012, blah, blah, blah. He probably was bumping his new album on his phone because he didn't have headphones and he just had his phone out listening to music and I had no idea. I just couldn't believe it was him. But, um, you know, the, those are two great examples and that was kind of what was replaying in the back of my mind where I'm thankful that I have that internal ability and confidence regardless if I looked like a fanboy to Gary or Kendrick. I, I know what the... I never put them in an uncomfortable position where it's like weird, weird. Those are just like moments where you don't see it happening. You're just like, you can't, you're blown away. But I'm happy that I have that internal confidence and ability to just like say hello, right? Because I, even that day I met Kendrick, my roommate was like, he's a huge Kendrick Lamar. He's 10 times a bigger fan of me. He's like, dude, if I was in your shoes, I would not have said a word to him. And I'm like, dude, you got to shoot the shot. You know, like if he tells me to F off or if Gary doesn't have time for the picture, well, all right. But knowing like what could have been if I would have said something, it's I, I'm happy that at least I go for it and I, I just see what happens from it. So um, yeah, Gary Vee and Kenzo Kumar. Why do you think you have that trait of shooting your shot? Has it always been innate? You know, I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know if it's the path I've been on the last couple of years. It probably is that, you know, like shooting the shot, like trying to cold email people to be on podcasts. Uh, it's kind of like the way I look at it is I shoot the shot. Either I get what I want or I don't. Hmm. And I can live with knowing with the don't. Like it's easy to live knowing I tried and it didn't happen versus wondering what could have been had I not actually went for it. So I think it's just been through the learning through all the podcasting over the last couple of years of like having to, you know, cold email, slide in people's Instagram DMs. That's how I got drama on the podcast was a cold email. That's how I got, you know, a couple other guests just cold email out of the blue. So I think because I've been doing it for so long that I try to just continue to do it and know that there's, there's nothing, I, I'm not gonna, excuse me, I'm not gonna lose anything by actually going for it. If anything, I'm going to gain something or I'm going to realize it, it just didn't happen and that's fine. Yeah. One of the most common things that people ask me mm. about the podcast, like, yo, how do you get these guests on? And I'm sure you get that all the time too. Like, how do you mm. get these people on? And I'm, 
always I'm just like I ask. Like that's the mm. only way to get what you want. It's like to ask. And I I just it's like at a certain point you've done so many episodes or you've had people on that other people respect it's just like it's going to happen, but it's a really important trait and and I I hope everyone gets the opportunity to cultivate it in their own life in whatever capacity they can. Um one thing that I was thinking about was you spend so much time with productivity, with self-improvement, with trying to become the best version of yourself. Mm. And so I'm curious, what's something you believed three years ago that you no longer believe in the realm of self-improvement or productivity? Because mm. you you get so much information, you get so much in, and you read cold showers, you read read 10 pages, you read meditate, you, you can read all these things and hear all these things from top performers, but... I'm curious how your opinions have changed about specific things. Yeah. The immediate thing that comes to my mind as, as you, you say three years to now is just balance. I used to think balance is unproductive. Yeah. In reality, balance is productive. It's, it gets me re-inspired. It allows me to step. But once again, we talked about earlier, right? You got to slow down to then realize, are you in, going in the right direction for the growth to happen? I didn't have balance for a long period of my life not a long period of my life. Let me take that back. During the earlier stages of building my creative career, probably like for three years, I just, I, I just didn't have like a balance. I, I just worked, worked, worked. And it, it felt like I needed to do that because I was starting at zero and I just wanted to like build this podcast and see where it could take me. So what I didn't think, what I thought that back then was balance equals not making progress, but that is absolutely not the way I think now. And it's very much a priority in my life where I build boundaries around having a life of balance because it refreshes me. I have honestly gotten business opportunities from being balanced by going to the birthday party, going to the dinner, going to the day party, whatever it is. And it's also just like, this is a, life is an experience, right? I, I This is an experience, me and you podcasting, reading books is an experience. All this stuff is experiences and it's it's a it's a balance of you have to figure out what works for you but once again another great quote that Brandon Cohen of Liquid IV I'd interviewed him right before I got the job I didn't even know I was going to get the job it was just me interviewing him for peace and I asked him I said if you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice from when you got started what would it be and he said smell the roses more and that has forever stuck with me because I didn't smell the roses for a long time and now I make a conscious effort to smell them weekly and honestly daily. Just go to a concert on a weekday, you know, go to the birthday dinner, carve time out to do whatever the thing is that you've wanted to do. Like, so I really do think that to be fully productive, you you gotta create some space to actually live. So that when you do get back to the work, you're re-inspired, you've had a reset. And you're, you've, it, it's, it's, I look at us as, as rechargeable batteries. You need to recharge. You're going to hit zero at some point. And honestly, it's about quality of hours versus quantity, right? I got a lot of creative work done in the first two to three hours of my day that normally would have taken me six, seven hours because I'm kind of like floating around and my phone's buzzing and I'm doing this and checking emails. Now it's like, no, just quality versus quantity, and then that allows for more, more room to then have the balance. Yeah. So 
I know you went to the John Mayer concert last week or very recently. Yeah. And I'm curious how you think about it because you're filming the concert. You're being filmed. I saw some videos of you being filmed. Yeah. So does that take you out of the moment? Does mm-hmm. that just like something you would have done normally? Like how do you think about like being on camera? It's great. While doing relaxing activities it's a great question so once again that's like i'm very intentional with how i do it and i also recognize that this is kind of the path i'm trying to walk right so to have the tiktok content i need to film but it's also like i don't want to be filming the entire show because then i'm watching it through my camera i'm not even in the moment so I have just built a system in me. Now, this sounds like foreign for people because they've, if you're not a content creator, you're trying to navigate it, you're like, I don't understand this. But like, I'm very intentional. So like for that John Mayer concert, I kind of was like, okay, for I, it's so funny. I didn't think about this going in, but I in the real time, I was like processing it. And now looking back, I understand it. I intentionally told myself there when it was happening, I'm going to film the first eight to 10 sack eight to 10 seconds of every song because wow. the, the background would change. And I was like, I just want to have a little bit of all of the show and I don't know what I'm going to make with it later, but I need to have a little bit of everything. So I was just like eight to 10 seconds, put the phone in my pocket. Then the, you know, the next three minutes I'm fucking singing and I'm enjoying it. I'm living it. And then it wasn't every song, but I'd say almost every other song I was doing that. And, you know, a couple of my buddies were laughing in the, in the car ride over uh, because they see me filming stuff and uh, some they're, they're not really into like content the way I am. But one of my buddies was giggling and he's like, I respect it. He's just, yeah. he's, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. And, you know, I, I kind of laughed at it too. I said, it's going to be funny when I'm getting paid to do this, to get, <laughs> I'm getting paid to show up to the concert. I'm getting paid to show up to the event, to film, to show it through my perspective. So I know or when that, John Mayer brings you on stage. That's what I'm saying. I made sure he was tagged in every single one because I <laughs> want him to know that I was there. Yeah. But you and I both know as as very um, aware as we are in the content world, that's a way, that is a, people are making a living doing this. They're getting paid to show up and document their life in their perspective. So I might not be getting paid just yet, but I'm starting to get hit by brands that want to collaborate. And I'm like, okay, we're doing something that's right. If it's if it's speaking to them and they want to talk to me, what could happen next? So once again, it's just being self-aware. It's the it's the world that I'm stepping into. I accept it, but I also am very aware and intentional about when I film and when I don't. And um I'm present. I, I wouldn't have done John Mayer any differently because it's that it's that balance that I've chosen to walk. That's so such an interesting perspective from you. I mean Yeah. It's like you don't what are your spend- thoughts? I, I think that it's it's fascinating because you could you decide, okay, I want to start building a podcast. I want to become a media company on my own, basically, is what we're doing. You don't think like, oh, what does that actually require? That requires you being on your phone a lot more than the average person often. And mm-hmm. it's it's like seeing how you navigate through that is very impactful and and helpful for somebody like me who's just starting out on that journey. Here's the thing. The phone is a tool. Yeah. If you're a construction worker, your hammer is your tool. If you're an architect, your your mouse for designing is a tool. If you're a podcaster, that microphone is your tool. 
these are just tools that go hand in hand with the craft. So you don't have to say, you don't have to agree with my statement of like being a creator is a craft. That's fine if you don't want to, if you don't want to listen to me, but my phone, my microphone, these are tools that I use to share and amplify what I'm trying to do. So I'm very aware and I'm very intentional. Like even when I'm out at dinners, right? Like if you scroll my TikTok, you're going to see photos and videos of like at a dinner. Once yeah. again, I'm intentional. I'll get three or four quick clips of that two hour dinner. And then it's talked to my phone. I'm not sitting there shooting every single minute and you're just going to see a quick second. I just understand. I need to capture just a little bit, just a small mm-hmm. piece of this moment to have so I could do whatever I want with it. And that's it. But it's part of the world and the life that I'm trying to build for myself. Yeah, honestly, one of my biggest regrets from starting to work out was that I didn't document things just for mm. my own sake. There's so many Boom. pictures, videos that I wish I had um, of myself when I was beginning a journey. And now I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have those things. I used to look at people who filmed and did things. I was like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? But now in this position, I'm saying to myself, I wish I had those things that that person took two seconds out of their their day or night to to actually slow down and, and capture the moment. Got to give credit where credit is due. Once again, I started doing this because of Gary Vee. If you, I have so much content. I'm actually disappointed because I went to scroll back on my Instagram to pull some stories from like 2016, 2017 and Instagram only allowed up to 2018. So I've lost some of those stories, but Gary Vee was always about document the journey, document the journey, yeah. document the journey. When I was driving Uber, my tagline was Uber uh, podcaster by day, Uber driver by night. And I was showing people behind the scenes. So that has just naturally been part of me already yeah. is I already have been documenting my life because I'm just showcasing like the, my lifestyle, not in the sense of like, look at my life. So I live in LA, it's a flex. It's just like for the people that have been following me from the beginning, they've seen the, they've seen the progress and that's all it is just to show it in real time. So even though you feel like you might be late, keep, just start it. Yeah. Start documenting immediately because where you are today and where you're going to be in a couple of years is going to be priceless. I, I just got reminded of the moment, uh, Last week when I did a follow-up podcast with Drama, four-year follow-up, and I was able to pull the moment when I had met him because I had my buddy Kirk film 20 to 30 podcasts, the BTS of it, when I'm meeting these people for the first time. So I have that raw moment of meeting Drama for the first time and giving him a walk through the house. And I had this clip that I posted on my Instagram where he's like, it's going to be amazing how in a couple of years from now, when you guys look back on this moment, and you see what you guys were doing to get to where you are. And that was, and I'm look and I'm looking at it four years later. I'm like, he was so right. And so was Gary about the importance of documenting it. So there's something to be said, R- regardless of who sees it, views it at the moment, especially for you with fitness, it's going to be invaluable to you with time, being able to look back on these moments and, and see where your head was at or any, anything you want to document. So it's really important. Did you watch the Kanye documentary? Yeah, I, I was I was gonna mention it and see, and I, I didn't know what your thoughts were on it. Um, but once again, I saw that and I was just like, "This is it. This is exact reason why we document because it's just priceless moments of being able to see the journey along the way." It's like no one believed, no one saw, but he knew in his heart, and oh. I I see that in you too, man. I really wow. do. I mean, that's a honor because. It's a journey yeah. and I, it's, I have a lot of, you know, you, people are always going to see the end product. 
you're going to see the final podcast. You're going to see the rollout of everything. But like, it is a, it is a daily, the, the limiting beliefs aren't what they were probably when I first got started, but it is, I'm battling those internal demons every day. Like what? Every day. Let's take, Just, let's go it's, through And some. it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like it's like a uh, top of mind. I, I right. wake up every day and I'm fucking ready to kick ass. But there's always those little self, little doubts that will pop up. Oh, you're not that great of a podcast. Oh, nobody cares. Oh, this person declined to be on your podcast. Oh, it's probably because you don't have enough downloads. Oh, all it's just like, even the people at the top are dealing with that inner critic, yeah. but they've just consistently battled it down that they keep battling it down. So uh, I, I'm honored that you see that in me, but I also want it to be known like even those who hear this, even the ones you aspire to be like, they're no different than you. They just have been consistently doing something for an extended period of time where it's allowed them to fully own it and be, this is who I am. This is who I, you know, where I'm going. Yeah. One thing that has really helped me with the inner critic and that voice that pops up when any, anything negative happens, is literally just writing out, I love myself a hundred times Huge. a day. And it's like wow. such a simple practice, but when I commit to it daily, my mind state is better. I'm quickly able to give myself love where I would have put myself down. And it's just a little thing that I, I think anyone could take 10, 15 minutes out of their day and do. So, you do it every day. Every day for the past 16 times. days, 100 times. And wow. It, it's a life-changing practice. It really is. Because when I've done it before, life changed. Gary Vee comes on the podcast. You know, like crazy mm. stuff happens. And within eight, doing, eight days of doing this practice... This year, Gary V posted me on his story. And it's like, it's not a coincidence. Like, I was doing the practice for a week and then it happened because I was more confident online, more confident with myself. Like, I don't know, just little things probably that I, we can't even quantify. So wow. I highly recommend yeah. giving that a, a try. Um, That's beautiful. I, yeah. I definitely will give that a try. I'm, I'm all for the positive affirmations and things that rewire your brain and things like that, yeah. I believe can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, I want to talk about you watching Colin and Samir and Andrew Schultz and how that mm. impacted you. Because mm. you wrote that your biggest takeaway was to always be adapting and try new strategies slash ideas. It's mm. probably my biggest flaw as a creator, mine too. And it's my biggest flaw as a creator is getting comfortable and consistently doing the same thing over and over again. Need to get better. I thought that was an interesting insight because we we rarely see a creator give that vulnerability of like, yo, I'm not good at this area. Mm -hmm. And and so talk to me about that documentary yeah, or great. that interview rather. Yeah, it's great. That's one, one thing props to Andrew is that he talked about in that podcast where he's constantly like trying to new strategies and like always looking to tweak things. And that's really important as a creative, like, you have to be constantly evolving with times and going to different platforms and trying new strategies. And that was that struck a chord with me because, you know, you run these podcasts and you like go with, with the same approach and you add in a little bit of different angles every time and you're like, why isn't the show growing? And so for me, the takeaway wasn't necessarily the way I approached my podcast. It was the, how do I get people to the podcast? And that's when TikTok, that's like, what was it? I don't know what the date was on that on that tweet, but it's probably 22, right around twenty two twenty two. Yeah, that's 
right around the time, I think when I was just about to get to the second wave of like, let's go all in on TikTok. So it just, it just goes to show you that like, you might be onto something really good as a creative, whatever that piece is. It could be a podcast, it could be YouTubing, whatever. You could be really good. It's just how do you get the eyeballs to it, yeah. right? So because of because of my new strategy of TikTok, because I'm open-minded to it, I've 2X'd, my, my monthly downloads in February are about to be 2X by the middle of March, probably in the next two days. The podcast content didn't change. It's yeah. been the same. The only difference was how am I getting people to the show? So it was it struck a chord and now that I'm realizing it that was probably a very internal moment for me to like get back on the TikTok wave but it just goes to show you like you have to be constantly evolving. You might be onto something really good and that's the thing, right? Like I don't necessarily need to change the format of the show. Like if I would have changed the format of the show and like did it completely different, the downloads probably wouldn't have changed. Right. Would have stayed the same, but it was the approach of how do I get people to the show changed? So mm-hmm. something that I, even the, the conversation I had said to you earlier uh, with Zach Hanavar, to, you know, this was uh, fall of 2019. That was something that I admitted. I just like, I don't, I wasn't trying new strategies because I just believed in the content and it was already taking me so much effort. I was like, I don't really have the time to try other strategies because this has to work. This is like gotta be the way. And I really still stand by a lot of that content and I've, and I believed in it, and I still do to this day. Of, you know, it's marinated with time, but to me, that that podcast with Schultz was just like, and he made a great point of that. Is like, especially as comedy, instead of putting out specials, he just puts out all these minis, which mm-hmm. is like getting people. Uh, I think he refers to it as, um, uh, like a farm, like a farm of all these these this content. So then once he went on Rogan, it was like people just started consuming everything that he had. So. That was a that was a really good conversation, and I think you've had Colin and Samir on the show too. But I might be mistaken, but yeah, phenomenal creatives um, that are just crushing it and are doing a great job for all creators in the creator space that are looking to you know take their stuff to the next level. Yeah, they they crush it. Um, it's interesting because you have something that's working on TikTok. I think mm. the the question for you is like it's working. Can you still play around? Can you still? I need to. You know, I have to. That's the because that's the, you have a, a great content format. I want to see Bobby in different content formats too, as a fan. Totally. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's it needs to happen. Actually, it's not a question of can it, should it, it. It has to be happening. I had reached out to somebody that I had done a podcast with in 2018. He's a comedian. Uh, it's funny we just talked about Andrew Schultz. His name's Trevor Walls. Big time. He's crushing it right now. Yes, and I was just asking for advice. Met this guy in 2018. He was probably 30,000 followers on Instagram. Now he's over like 4 million doing sold out uh, sold out tours, right? And yeah. what he said to me was, um, the way I look at it is I'm just putting logs on the fire. So like put this log on the fire, it burns well, great. We'll keep doing that one, but let's try this log. And so you're just constantly trying like these different logs to see what's working and always evolving. And that was definitely something Schultz, I think, had talked about too. So that is something that I know needs to also be adapted. I need to start peppering in some new styles. I just haven't thought of what it's going to be and I need to figure that out. Um, And I think I need to consume more TikTok content because it will allow me to start 
thinking of these ideas. Yeah. I just have been in a space where like I just literally go on, I post, and I get off the app because it can just suck you in. Yeah. But I need to be a consumer of it to really like open my mind to what I could be potentially creating on there. How do you spot talent? Finding somebody with 30,000 followers who's now at millions is is impressive. And so I'm curious how, what's your process like or how do you think about that? It's just timing. Yeah. It's just luck and timing. Um, I had no idea Trevor was going to become what he became right. or what he is. There's no question about it. It was purely just like, I saw this guy, young comedian crushing in LA. I was into like young, passionate people and I just reached out to him. I got lucky, right? <laughs> If I tried reaching out to him now, he's getting inbounded by a lot of people, so it's tougher. I got lucky in 2018 with the wave of entrepreneurs that I met. Brandon Cohen of Liquid IV, uh, Blake Pinsker, who was with Movement. He was the fifth employee. Uh, Stephen Borelli, the founder of Cuts Clothing. Um, a, a magnitude of other brands. I just got lucky at the right place at the right time. So I think to answer your question, even though I can't, it, it, it's true for Trevor, and I think it's true with anybody that I've ever come across is just, finding the people that are passionate about what they do and seeing them actually like do the work. Yeah. And those are the people that I just like, I just know it's just like a matter of time, a matter of time they're going to get to where they've wanted to be. So that's, that's how you, I think you spot talent is you just, you find those that stand out from the crowd and there's always going to be somebody that's willing to put in more work. And I'm not, once again, I believe in balance now. So I'm not one that thinks like, gotta, gotta be the guy. I used to be the guy thinking like, I'm going to work on the set. I'm going to be working Saturday and Sunday night to catch up on everyone else that's not working right now. It's not the way I work anymore. I don't, I don't believe in that for me personally. But you just have to, when you watch the way people move in the sense of like, are they, sh are they telling the world what they're going to do or are they just showing the world? Because yeah. the people that show the world are the ones that I think are the ones that go the distance. And I'm not, I never... And thank God I've never been that guy, but like, I'm not here to like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I just do yeah. I just show. And it just, I think I let, I try to let my actions speak. Um, but I think, I think that's how you, that's how you spot talent. You just find people that are doing it for the right reasons and a belief in them. And it really is kind of like a lottery system of like, I didn't know Trevor was going to become what he became. Yeah. And he's, he's just crushing it now. So it's, it's really cool to see that. And it's, it's, it's really inspiring, honestly. It's like I, I saw this in you where you're posting 10, 10 TikToks a day, like on some days. And it's yeah. like, it's like, okay, like this person clearly wants this. Like yeah. normal people posting two, three, four a day, maybe, but you're just, you just were at it. And then I, I replied to you and I said, what's motivating you right now to do this, to be, become this, this person and to do this. And you're like, I want to become the best version of myself possible. Like mm -hmm. my highest version is inspiring me. Yeah, it's it still is to this day. It's uh, I will say, don't get thrown off by the number of talks that I'm posting for anyone that, for yourself or even anyone's listening yeah. because the concept of what I've been doing is very. It's a it's like a factory line where I I already have all the content on my phone, so I'm just now just pumping out voiceovers. Yeah. Where a lot of true TikTok creators like they have to go shoot the content, they have to plan it, they got to go to the grocery store to get the item. Like so. I'm lucky that I found a concept that has been working for me, not necessarily going to always be working, but, um, but why I do it is that I, I'm just, I'm 1% tatted on my, my, my right hand right here. Cause I'm just trying to get a little bit better every single day. And 
I've seen a compound with time. So a lot of those TikToks really are just me reciting shit that I need to remind myself and hoping that it's valuable to people that see it, hear it, or come across in any way. What's the process like for creating one of those? <sighs> Honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, I just, I wake, I do it right when I wake up. Uh, after I'll meditate, I'll have a little bit of like a light breakfast and I just have ideas that just hit my mind and I just pump them. So it, it it really just depends. Like sometimes I'll make a note of like different concepts, but a lot of times just in real time, like if I was reading a book, I might pull a quote from it or what's relevant in my life or like what's a mindset that I've always been living by and I just like note it and then make a talk out of it. So it hasn't been like a whole like sit down and think it through. It's once again, I feel like I've been prepping myself for this moment for the last couple of years or like I have these mantras I say to myself every single day. I'm, I'm very self-aware of how I'm feeling or like these thoughts that are going on in my mind. So then I'm like, let me make a talk. Let me make a talk. Let me make a talk. Or I'm going back in into my podcast feed. And I'm like, okay, I did a podcast. I'm like five habits to help you feel your best self. Let me make that in a 12 second TikTok. So I'm just pulling from all my learnings and just forcing it through the machine uh, and trying not to overthink it and just seeing what sticks. Yeah. How do you, how do you not become like a machine yourself in a bad way? Like how do you maintain a creative muscle when you have a format that works and you're treating it like a factory line in a way? It's a good question. I, when I say factory... I mean, in the sense of like the formatting from what I have found to be working is, is it's a, it's, it's the same formatting, but I still think of the way I'm put because TikTok is every second it's every yeah. second truly counts. So I'm trying to just be very concise about what I'm trying to say in the fastest way possible, but also recognizing that if it's visually not changing, people will likely continue to scroll. So I've built a machine in, in a format for like, the way that's delivered, but I still very much creatively believe in what I'm saying in the voiceover. Um, and I think, once again, through repetition of just creating for the last five plus years, I just know it just takes one. Yeah. Like it just takes one. And so I'm not gonna sit here and overanalyze and overthink. I just do. I look at the results and I ask, what should I change? What's working? What's not working? And then I make those adjustments. But I guess it... It, outside looking in, people that hear that and the, our creatives might be like, what do you mean you're, it's a machine, that's not a good thing. Well, a machine in the sense of like, I'm structure oriented. I'm a very structured person. I know when I record my podcast and I when I'm writing the scripts, I know where I'm supposed to be X hour of the day. And that's kind of the way I look at like some of this TikTok stuff. I know what has been working, but I also, once again, I know for a fact that I need to start testing some other concepts to see, uh, I might have another concept that could, take everything to the next level. So it's just yeah. the, that just constantly scratching the itch of, you know, that creative voice of what I'm trying to share, but also being mindful that I need to try, try new things as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And kind of switching gears here. I want to talk to you about the running aspect of it. Mm. Uh, when did running enter your life? How did you start doing it? And what was that moment where you felt like you were a runner for the first time? It's great. Uh, running is solely inspired because of the pandemic. 
through the years of growing up, through high school, college years, I'd go out, run two or three miles, no big deal. That was kind of it. And then once the pandemic hit and I didn't have access to a gym, I would I would do like push-ups and sit-ups in the morning. And then at the end of the day, I was just like scratching to get outside. Um, so I started running. Barely, I can still vividly remember running a mile and huffing and puffing and not being able to get through it. And so I would run a mile, started running two miles, then three, and I just kept running. And it, I would say it was it was... It was January, February of 2021, so last year when I started to push it, and I was like running seven miles at a time, then eight, and then ten, and it kept building. And so then I was like, "Oh, I'm actually onto something here." Like I could, I'm. Once you get through the hurdle of like trying to become a runner, it actually gets easier. Where you can start increasing your distance two miles at a time because you're just built like an aerobic rate, a base. So. I, I got to give credit to the pandemic because it really was just like a way for me to get outside and get moving. And then it became like literally like my therapy where it's just, I run, when I run, it's in the morning, jumpstart the day, clears the mind, gets me grounded. And it forces me to deal with whatever thoughts are in my mind immediately. Cause I'm just out there with just music and like, you got nowhere to hide. You got nowhere to literally run uh you got nothing to distract you except what's in front of you so it's been a very very important aspect of my life uh and it's just it's just built with time getting into like the marathon running it's just been like i've always wanted to run a marathon so let's go do it you're at the you're at a place in your life where you can actually do it you have the time to train for it you have the right people around you to teach you these things so it's been it's been very rewarding just pushing myself to see that come to life what did you do before like running's mm. one of those habits where it's like what how how did i live without this almost yeah yeah like, are you similar to meditation I, yourself i've i dabble i don't yeah respect I, i've it. run a half marathon but not that's great that's great yeah it's huge um yeah. yeah before it was just like lifting weights in the gym and then maybe do like 20 minutes on the treadmill of like I wouldn't even run. I would just put it on like an eight incline and just like walk up it. Or, I, or I'd do the stairs for 20 minutes. I would just do 20 minutes of cardio at the gym. And be like, that's it. That's all I need right. to do. So it just wasn't part of my life. Didn't think I needed it. Didn't think I wanted it. And then once I got into like, I needed to be outside. That was the key. I needed to be in an environment that was always changing. I couldn't just run consistently on a treadmill. So yeah. once I started getting outside, I was like, this is, this is therapy. This is beautiful. So started to shift then but before then it was just lifting weights and um and stairmaster or yeah. on the treadmill at an incline once in a while <laughs> what's your uh what's your keystone habit what do you mean is it running the the single habit that if you do in any given day the rest of your day is going to be Oof. better I would I would just say, oh man, it's tough. I'm either going daily sweat or meditation. I can't spe- specify. I wouldn't say running or or lifting weights or yoga over one or the other because it's it's not one or the other. It's it's just getting a sweat is crucial. Um, and the meditation goes to me feels hand in hand. If I had to choose between the two, it would be the physical. It'd be the sweat because I can also somehow some way clear the mind while doing it. Uh, whereas if I'm clearing the mind, I can't really get the sweat in from meditation. So keystone is daily sweat. Um, I'd say I'm pretty good for six to seven days a week of sweat. Um, 
And that, that, that just builds with time. Like if you're just getting into working out, you're not, you're not supposed to be doing seven days of sweat. And also it's very like intentional. Like if I'm doing seven days of sweat, I'm not running for seven days in a row. I'm running for those five of them and maybe lifting weights for the others four. Like I'll do maybe sometimes do two a day. So like I'm very mindful and I listen to my body. And if I need a full day off, I'll give myself that full day off. But daily sweat is just like, oh man, need it. And I know, you know, too, being a fitness guy, like it is the one factor that allows me to step into the best version of myself on a daily basis. Hell yeah. And uh, on the meditation piece, when did you get Mm. involved in meditation? How'd how'd that habit start? That's a good question. Right when I started diving into the self-help spring of 2016, kept hearing all of these. I haven't been consistent all the way through, but that's when I started to dabble with it. But all these podcasts I was listening to of all these different experts and crazy successful, successful people, I was like, why is it that all of them meditate? And if, it, if that's the case, why am I not doing this? So it was purely inspired by the common theme of hearing and seeing so many successful people talk about it that I was like, I need to try this. And so you know, five, six years in on meditation, I'm good for at least five to six days of the week. Um, I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface. I think there's a lot more to dig, dig underneath and learn and realize, but wow, man. Um, crucial, crucial to my well being. just being able to be able to being able to separate myself from thoughts and being self-compassionate with myself about whatever is arising and seeing it and trying not to let myself dig myself any deeper because of whatever is arising. Beautifully, beautifully said. Anything else before we come to a close for this wonderful conversation? I mean, we've touched on so many different aspects. But. Yeah, I, I really, I can't say this enough um, to you, man, because I've, I've felt it through this episode, Danny, and I've, I've heard it in other podcasts. And I, you don't come out, you don't come across as somebody that probably has those limiting beliefs or self-doubt. But I will say this, man, you are doing a phenomenal fucking job and the sky is the limit for what you want this to become. If I can ask for a favor from everyone that hears this podcast today, you need to go give this guy a review. If you're listening on iTunes, leave him a one word or one sentence review on the iTunes podcast app. If you're on Spotify, um, you know, it's a, you can do a five-star review. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe, but like, you're putting the word, bro. You really are. And so um, I've been honored to sit here and, you know, have the opportunity to chat with you. And you've done such a good job to create a space where I've, I've just reflected on the last five years of my life. And I'm just like, probably going to have to go sit outside and just fucking think for the next like hour after this conversation. But one thing that I've always done as a host and I've tried my best to do is I want to create an experience that the guest never forgets and an experience for the listener that they feel like they got to listen to something that was very authentic and real and not just like a Q&A or like something they could have Googled. And you created a really incredible experience that I will not forget. So I just want to say, keep going and uh, you're doing a phenomenal job as a host, man. I appreciate that, my man. If anyone wants to follow this guy, that's Bob A on all <laughs> platforms. That's B-O-3-B's, four A's, 
and why <laughs> is that correct did i get that right you got it right man fuck you sound better than I, the way i do it i'll tell you that much so yeah we'll have that down below if you didn't get it and you should definitely follow this man particularly on the tiktok and instagram he drops wisdom galore and if you're coming here from twitter you know he's dropping some gems on twitter as well lately too we'll put those all below <laughs> thank you for coming on here man it really means the world to me i can't wait to the day we can do this in person and I am just so grateful for you for being you and devoting all the time, effort into yourself, into your mind, into your being, because it has shown in this conversation, incredibly grateful. Keep going and keep, keep being you, man. Dude, you do the same, man. Absolute honor. And I uh, have nothing but gratitude for this conversation today. So thank you for creating the space. And I'm excited to be rooting for, for you uh, along this journey of the podcast route. So keep fucking going, brother. You too, my man. Yeah.